Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. You know, I'm a daughter of an immigrant. This is a nation that I love with a fierce, fierce passion. And as obviously I'm a doctor and a lawyer, but the lawyer part of me is just devastated at the loss of the freedoms. You're taking people like me, nonviolent. It doesn't matter if you agree with the, the people who were there on Jan 6th or people on the other side who are protesting the Dobbs decision, which reverted back to the state's rights decisions over things like abortion, which are not in the Constitution. No matter which side you fall on, we Americans have a long history of protesting with free speech. So there were a lot of people in the Capitol on January 6th. There was, I, I believe there was well, well over a million people, well over a million. There was almost no media, so it's hard to verify that number. But when you saw the side of the crowds and I was walking through the crowds, I think it was over a million. I think it was closer to a million and a half. And I was a scheduled speaker, right? Like there's a, there's a promotional flyer with my picture and my likeness and my name on it. There were Congress people that were speaking at that event. I was a scheduled speaker. The site was permitted. It was cordoned off. There were microphones, PA system, etc. When we arrived, there was, there was like 20 of us walking in a group. When we arrived at the location, for some mysterious reason, it was canceled, like on the spot. So we're there, so I think uh, approximately, don't quote me, 2 o'clock or so, 2.15, we're supposed to start. It was canceled. And I'm looking around, and I know that there's really 100,000 or 500,000 people coming behind me, right? So there's thousands where I am, but there's probably 500,000 more descending, right? Because, because the president had just finished speaking, and people were descending on the Capitol, one of the sites being where I was a scheduled speaker. And all of a sudden, all the speakers were canceled. And you say to yourself, well, this is very odd. You know, this is like having a ticket to the Super Bowl. You're going to watch the Super Bowl, then it's canceled, no notice, no nothing, and you're thinking to yourself, well, what's going to happen? Something has to take the place of all these thousands of people who are expecting to hear speakers like myself. And again, I wasn't the only one. There were about 20 people scheduled. So I do what I've been doing for the last year and a half. I find a crowd to speak to. <laughs> This is my mission. My mission as a, as a doctor is to go forward and to speak the truth and spread the truth. And back in January 21, we were living in terrible times, terrible times when they weren't giving you early treatment that you needed. Many of you came to my website to help find help and answers on early treatment. They were telling you that lockdowns, thank you, lockdowns worked when we knew they didn't. This is what I speak about. I have no objection if somebody else wants to speak on the election or Biden or Trump. It's not my lane. My lane is health freedom, medical freedom, and I'm there speaking on that subject. So when the official location was canceled without any knowledge or warning, what did I do? I scampered up the Capitol steps and I tried to speak there because I'm a very determined person. And I'm like, well, if I can't speak there, I'll speak there. So I'm up on the steps and there's, there's thousands of people and I try to speak and there's video of me doing exactly that. But really, people couldn't hear me, right? Because I didn't have a microphone with me, and it was, it was kind of silly. But there I was at the head of the Capitol steps, big, huge bronze doors. Now, I'm on the side of the building, the east side, where there's no... The pictures that you've seen 
the scaffolding, where they show scuffles and some violence, which was a very tiny minority of situations, was not at all visible on our side. Our side literally was people singing Kumbaya. Literally, kumbaya, my lord. I mean, literally, that was our side. There were grandmas pushing baby strollers. People were peaceful. People were praying. That was my side. Okay? So I'm standing there on the top of the chapel steps trying to speak, but really people couldn't hear me. Around this time, the crowd is bigger and bigger and bigger. And we're standing there. And eventually, the doors open from the inside. It was absolutely impossible for these doors to be opened from the outside. I found out much later that these doors on the east side are 20,000 pounds. Okay? They cannot be opened except from the inside. Since then, I've seen video of, of the doors being opened from the inside. But once those doors were opened, as a person in the front, right on the steps, there was nowhere to go. I was going in with the crowd. And that was me, and that's how I found myself in the Capitol that day. So the only um, like kind of voluntary decision I made was to be at the top of the steps, which isn't a crime. I didn't go through barricades. I didn't knock anything down. There was no police. I'm just standing there speaking. The crowd comes, the doors open on the inside, and I'm inside. The rest, you know, I, I guess I underestimated that I was a fairly well-known person at that point. Um, because, you know, I thought I was just a private citizen, I suppose. But, you know, we know what happened after that. They started targeting everybody who was there. They couldn't wait to target me. But I will tell you that I didn't know that this was really a thing. That seems incredible now, right? Because everything that's transpired. But from what I saw, first person that day was peaceful, right? So I was physically in the rotunda. I was in public spaces. You know me. I'm peaceful. I was walking between the ropes like, like, a, like a tourist would walk. And that was my experience being inside the Rotunda um, Statuary Hall. And that was it. And eventually we walked out. The first time we were asked to leave by an officer, I left. Some of you saw it, that picture there. It was also in the Washington Post. There I am giving my speech. There's a police officer walking behind me looking very, very bored. But eventually, he turned around, and he asked me to leave, and we went to leave. Then we left, and as we exited kind of that area, we had no idea that this was going to be what eventually the media made it out to be. Later that night and the next day, I guess it was that night, we had dinner with friends in DC, and they were very alarmed. They were like, this is a really big deal. This is like, like, they're saying this is an insurrection. And I was like laughing. I'm like, what are you talking about? They were literally singing Kumbaya. Like, what are you talking about? They're like, no, 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 this is really serious. You're going to be, you know, it's, it's really serious. I could not process what they were saying. And then somebody sent me a picture with my face on an FBI wanted list. I mean, just process that for a moment. I thought that was a Photoshop joke that someone was doing. I, I still, honestly, it's hard to believe somebody, you know, and I'm like, that's fascinating. Like, I just couldn't, couldn't process it, couldn't grasp it, couldn't believe it. And, but I was like, ah, oh, that's interesting. But eventually, I just went back home. You know, my home was in Los Angeles, and I just was resuming my life. And we were working hard at work. America's Frontline Doctors, really hard at work. And then on uh, 12 days later, 
everything you just kind of heard. The FBI came in an unbelievably violent arrest, like unbelievable. That teaches you that this is not about what they're saying it, it's about. Right. Right. Who, who would take a person like me in a super violent arrest, 20 officers, 12 with long assault rifles, right? Breaking down my door. No criminal history. Quite the opposite. Quite the opposite. Been publicly speaking for a year and a half. Been the discipline of going through medical school and residency and law school. And you need to break my door down with 12, 12 assault rifles? Don't be fooled and think this is anything like they're saying it is. This is to scare you. This is to intimidate you. You take people like me and you call them and you ask them to come sit down and have a conversation. That's what you do. Now, there's a lot to talk about tonight, but what I, I, I want to say is something that we've done wrong on our side. We have not stood up vigorously for January 6th defendants. Wow. It's wrong. Why? Because they're the, they're the marginalized group right now. But it could be you next. I didn't know it was going to be me. So we have hundreds of people that everyone's kind of pretending they all did something terribly wrong. And we're all kind of like a little afraid. Well, I'm saying no more shame. You need to come out and you need to defend people like that because they're really, on, they're really the, the tip of the spear for your civil liberties. And, and I just want to take a moment, if I, if I may, and just introduce a couple more people who happened to have been in January 6th Capitol that day as well. If you, if you would. Yes, John, John Strand. Some of you may remember him. John Strand is, is a creative director now for America's Frontline Doctors, but he also was there on January 6th. He was kind of there physically protecting me. And he is facing, he's facing, I, I don't need, it'll, it'll take too long. We will come back and we will do an entire show, or, or maybe John will tell his story, because his story, if anything, is more dramatic than mine, if anything. Okay? And I just want to welcome on the stage also, please, is that okay with you? Brandon? <laughs> I know a lot of people here must recognize Brandon Strzok, for sure. Hashtag walk away. Yeah. And what I want to say is, right, so please, please go back and check. You know, after Jan 6, they just kind of tried to destroy his whole movement, his movement which is bringing freedom and just all about the freedom cause. Hashtag walk away. Please check it out. But I want to say loud and proud, we are J6. Do you understand? Americans. Americans. Okay. Thank you. Now, some of you may wonder why I took a plea, or, or if you knew I did. I took a, a plea for a misdemeanor. It's called uh, entering and remaining in a restricted grounds, restricted facility. Some of you may wonder why I took a plea. The government, the government is much more powerful than any one individual defendant. So they bring very aggressive charges. And I look at this through the lens of a lawyer, and you're not allowed as a lawyer on the prosecution side to bring charges for a crime that you don't have the evidence for. That may kind of surprise you if you're not a lawyer. You may think, oh, the jury kind of decides. It's not true. There has to be the evidence there. Then you present it in court and you see what the jury says. But they actually didn't have the evidence for a lot of these crimes that they're charging people with. So I was facing a 20-year felony. I'm completely serious. 
And I don't even want you to feel bad for me. I want you to feel bad for other people who don't have as big a platform as I do. Okay? So they're putting extraordinary pressure on January 6th defendants. So I, I fight for the Constitution. I fight for them to, to follow the rules. Yeah. If the prosecution and the defense both follow the rules, we have a chance of getting to the truth. Yeah. I'm not saying all defendants should walk free in all situations, but you can't have one side and the other side and be so imbalanced. Yeah. They put so much pressure on the one side, they're not following the rules. So I did take a plea. I expected the judge to um, look at the plea of a misdemeanor trespass of a mid-career female with no criminal past, very productive time, and I assumed I would get some sort of misdemeanor type sentence. So I want you to raise your hands now. If, how many of you know anybody who's been convicted of a misdemeanor who went to federal prison? Yeah, so I haven't heard of it either. I mean, this is, this is really a shock to me. This was, it was, it was a full-on shock. So that's where we are. People ask me if I'm going to appeal, and the answer is when you accept a plea deal, you, you basically, for the most part, you, you say you're not going to appeal. Like, that's, that's the deal that you make. So I understand that, and that's what I'll do. And I will do my time. People ask me when and where. The answer is I don't know yet. Um, I guess I'm not that dangerous, they have to lock me up this minute, they're just gonna kind of wait, they'll let me know. <laughs> but at some point they'll let me know and I will serve my time and I will be quiet and dignified about it. And that's what will be. And I will do my best to be productive in that time. Wow. Keep fighting, the way I'll fight in prison is I will write. I will share that writings with everyone when this is all over. God willing, uh, there won't be any like traps being laid for me in that situation. Hopefully it'll just be safe. And I just wanted to catch you up with what's been happening with me while I turn to something more interesting, okay? And I remember moments like this. They are very meaningful for me. So I'm so happy that you're here. And I ask in exchange that you spread the word to other people that don't know as much as you all do. Thank you. Now, let's talk about how I landed here. I launched America's Frontline Doctors. Many of you know that, right? I came forward because there was too much lying going on by doctors, by the media, by government. And everyone, you know, normal Americans just were like, I need some medicine, like, what do I do, right? You were being told medicines didn't exist, they didn't work, it wasn't true. We knew early treatment worked, we knew masks didn't work, we knew lockdowns didn't work. We certainly saw the, the scam for what it was when they closed churches, but they kept Walmart and Costco open. Yeah. Right? So we, we all, people of faith understood it much, much more quickly than other people. So that was my lane, is to kind of bring that kind of truth, the medical truth. And I just want to share with you a little bit of what we were doing with America's Frontline Doctors when I got arrested, and over the last year and a half.
to wake up the sheep. I am here to wake up the other lions. Now, I'm a very positive person and a very proactive person. So I show you this so that you can feel empowered in your life, right? It's not about me. It's about you. What are you going to do? How are you going to find good information? How are you going to take care of your health? How are you going to fight back and push back on the next wave of tyranny when it's coming? You need reliable sources, right? Media, you know, traditional media is just dead, done, buried. We all know that. But then where do you, where do you find information? Frankly, I actually never listen to the news. I stopped listening to the news even before the last two years. It was so clearly propaganda. But if you're curious what's really going on, I actually think the best is not really to listen to any news, quite frankly. But if you are kind of curious, you do need a reliable source. So it's your job, especially if you're a parent, a grandparent, is to find like four sources, let's say, that you know are reliable, that you've personally vetted and you've checked out. One of those sources should be frontline news. We have an amazing news division. We don't cover the universe of topics, but the topics we cover are covered better than anyone else. So please check it out, Frontline News. Another thing that's for you is our Citizen Corps. Citizen Corps is essentially um, your posse. If you need to go to the school board, you need to go to a local um, uh, mayor or, or round up like a city council election or something like that in your local area because most of the tyranny under which you suffer comes from the local government. Sometimes if you just push back like 10 people at a school board meeting, we saw all across the nation could really change things. You'd have like eight moms, right? The mama bears in Iowa. You have like eight or 10 moms or friends. You can change things. But how do you find those eight or 10 people? One way is America's Frontline Doctors Citizen Corps. We're essentially a matchmaking service. We put you together with like-minded people and you go out and you do whatever you have to do. So that's another thing. We have creative content. We have something called Frontline Flash. This is hosted by a doctor. He gives you 120 seconds of like the latest little news clip. It's very shareable. It's really engaging. So for younger people or any age people, it's one of my favorite things that we do on our site. So there's just a lot of information there and I wanted you to, to know that and be aware of that. Yeah. America's Frontline Doctors is continuing. We're doing a lot of policy brief so that we can influence different policy things. We see our lane as protecting the doctor-patient relationship because you need doctors who are going to be authentic with you and not lie to you and mislead you. California is in deep, deep, deep trouble, my friends, bigger than you know. I'll give you one example. There's a California House bill right now. It's passed the House, and I believe it's in the Senate at the moment. They're debating it. House Bill 2098. 2098 would try to strip the licenses of doctors like me. If specifically doctors that speak out with words, that when I didn't mean anything related to January 6th, I mean if we speak and we say something they don't want to hear, they want to yank, yank the doctor's licenses. This is a profoundly important issue for every single person sitting here. Do you really expect a doctor to tell you the truth when their own career is on the line? It's not going to happen, my friends. It's not going to happen. So we fight things like that at America's Frontline Doctors. But the natural outgrowth of, of everything that you need is an honorable medical system, right? One that isn't going to put the insurance company in front of you, put the corporate interests in front of you, put the big pharma companies in front of you. Right now, the way you're accessing medical care 
is you're paying a middleman, you're paying an insurance company, and even if you're Medicare, you're paying the government, or you pay the government over the years, but that middleman is the boss over the doctor, not you. Not you. We saw that. I will give you one really brutal example. If you were a Medicare patient and you went into the hospital with COVID, your hospital was financially incentivized to give you a lethal treatment and not to give you something that would save your life. The specifics are they were financially incentivized both to give you remdesivir, which we knew was very hard for most people, and also, also not to allow you to take ivermectin. That last little piece should give you pause. Right? There's one level of corruption if you say, gee, the manufacturers of remdesivir, Gilead, they, you know, they, it was corrupt, they bribed, you know, hey, you know, let's use remdesivir. Right? That's one level of corruption that we're all used to. But how can you explain the other requirement, which is if you took ivermectin, you didn't get the financial bonus? Wow. What is the motive there? Because I can only think of one, and that was to increase the death rate. I can't think of any other reason. So even if you've got Medicare, you can't be sure that your doctor is telling you the truth. In fact, if there's ever going to be a conflict between you and the government, you and the ho- it's not going to be you as the winner. So the biggest problem I faced over the last year, I'd say, is how to give people ethical doctors. Right. That's what you need. Yeah. And the biggest problem for me of all, as a daughter of an immigrant, my father, as many of you know, is a Holocaust survivor, is how do we hold on to this freedom Right? How do we hold on this freedom? So we've come up with something new and different, and I'm so excited to share it with Awaken. So last time I was here, I mentioned people like, how do I find a doctor like you? I said, just wait. So now is the moment. I want to announce for you that we're bringing gold care. Gold care. You know, one of our taglines is it's not health care. It's gold care, right? Health care's out, gold care's in. We do everything differently at gold care. Everything is different from top to bottom. I I won't bore you with all the ways it's different, but I want to invite you to join. And in fact, I urge you to join because people want to know, what can I do? Well, how about this? How about joining a community that cares about your freedom? We're giving you, or we will, in a capitalist exchange, money and, and services, Create an ethical doctor-patient relationship, but, in the, me- but the overarching uh, goal is freedom. Yeah. Gold care is all structured on freedom. Everything is for the freedom movement. It's a community. You can't just go to a gold care doctor. You have to be part of the gold care community. We just now, I have a sense of humor, I decided to open up gold care in the same day as the sentencing. <laughs> <laughs> because I thought it would be very fun to have that as a positive anniversary in my life. So <laughs> we just, we just kind of like rolled open the doors. Now, there's no physical doors yet. At the moment, it's telemedicine only. I want you to go to goldcare.com for a really short time. We really financially, we lowered the price as much as we possibly could because we want the community. And frankly, I want hundreds of awakened members, hundreds. I invite everyone here in this room, everybody watching virtually, please consider joining us. You're my family, we are your family. We will not lie to you, we will give you good advice, you will know that there's no other, uh, your doctor's not serving two masters, your doctor's working for you. There's, there's There's a strong religious component, there's a serious spiritual component, there's 
we approach it also with a wellness component. We take traditional doctors, we take wellness doctors, functional doctors, naturopathic doctors. There's no prejudice against the, the quote-unquote alternative or the natural path. If there's one thing I've learned in the last two and a half years, it's that a lot of what I was taught isn't so. So we put it together, right? We don't put you on an illness track, we put you on a wellness track. We want you to be healthy. Yeah. Thank you. This is really for you. I really want to go to our site tomorrow and the next day and discover that hundreds of you have joined. I don't know how to say it more clearly. I've spoken with Pastor Jurgen about this. He is entirely in favor of this. He said to me that I can say this out loud to you. This is your home. This is how you'll find the community of doctors and, and patients as one. And, and I'm not really allowed to say much, but I did have a lovely conversation with Pastor Jurgen about us moving together in the future with a physical gold care for the awakened community. Yeah? I just want to share with you a little bit and then we'll be wrapped up. Sorry, I went over. <laughs> Hello, America. I'm Dr. Simone Gold founder of America's Frontline Doctors, and I'm thrilled to bring you an invitation to join something extraordinary. We've all endured historic challenges in recent times, but my experience on the front lines as an emergency physician in 2020 prepared me to quickly recognize the deception and destructive policy that put us on a direct path to tyranny. Enough. We must dispel the fear and corruption with a total commitment to truth, transparency, and freedom. Healthcare is out. Gold care is in. Hi, I'm Dr. Dana Granberg. Hi, I'm Dr. Leland Stillman. Hi, I'm Christy Morell. I'm Dr. Chase Bradford. I'm Katie Stevens. Our team is reinventing what it means to provide responsible, patient-focused medical care in an environment of trust. Gold Care Health and Wellness operates unlike any medical provider you previously experienced. We don't take insurance. We take care of you. Gold Care is designed to remove financial incentives that would keep you on an illness track. We provide this through a private membership association. This team cares deeply about excellence and we protect both patients and providers from the corruption in medical malpractice that is rampant in the current system. At Gold Care, your health is our highest value. If you want the absolute best care for yourself and your loved ones, and if you share our commitment to the fundamental values of integrity and liberty, joy and compassion, then we encourage you to join us. Visit goldcare.com to find a better path, both as patients and providers. We are ready for you. Incredible, how many of it, let's just give Dr. Gold a huge round of applause and just thank her, honestly, for like Pastor John was saying, be, being out front and taking all the shots. Sorry, guys. I mean, what a blessing, what a blessing.
Yes, yes. So right to honor and to thank everything that she and her team are doing. And um, we're gonna have some time for some questions now. We, are, we have a few things we really would love Dr. Gold to share with us. So let's come on over. You can sit right here. It's not health care. It's gold care. I love right. it. <laughs> Honestly, love and it. we're so grateful. She just shared that with us right before we came out here because that was the one of the things we actually wanted to ask Dr. Gold was, um, you know, during these last couple years, there's been such a fear around even going to the hospital or going to the doctor out of fear of being misdiagnosed or a false positive and, you know, being, you know, trapped in the hospital. And I know that there's been a lot of people that have been suffering with sicknesses and things like that that have chose to not go because of this very, a, a real fear. And we, what I want to make sure we're, we're saying here is we know there are amazing doctors. We have so many amazing doctors and nurses in our community, and I praise God for you, and I thank you for holding the line yourselves. So we thank you so much for all that you're doing. You know, and yes, I think we should thank our amazing doctors and nurses. Many have also communicated they understand the, the corruption that exists, and they're doing what they can in their sphere of influence to make a change. But that was one of the things we wanted to talk about, because I know even... You know, Pastor Johnny had his appendix out during the pandemic, and he was very worried. It was it was quite a nightmare to have to drop him off yeah. at the ER, you know, with the hazmat suits and no phone calls and refusal to hear from me and all these kinds of things. So that right there was an answer to not just the question that we had for yeah. you, but to our prayers. Good. Yeah. Thank you. So thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, go ahead. Good. You know... You, a person can't answer to two masters. People of faith know that better than anyone else, right? right? So unfortunately, we're in a system now where the doctor is not answering to the patient. I'm a daughter of a doctor. I know exactly how good it can be when the doctor and the patient really work together towards the patient's best interest. We absolutely do not have that right now, especially when you go into the hospital setting. You have yeah. a little prayer of that happening in the outpatient, but when you go into the hospital setting, it is all about the hospital's best interest. Sometimes that coincides with your best interest, but if it doesn't, you're going to be holding the short end of the stick. Wow. Yeah, it's so true. And you were, you were talking about, I think in previous um, talks I've heard you talking and, and privately, just how dangerous kind of um, tyranny and how quickly it can come through health and through healthcare. Can you, can you talk about the loss of medical freedom and how that affects our freedom in yeah. general? Thank you so much for the question. So I think before 2020, when we all thought of tyranny, we thought of things like religious tyranny. You look back at the USSR and you look at China and they don't have any religious freedom. And you, you think, well, that's how tyranny is going to come here. We're gonna be outlawing religious freedom. And I, maybe we were kind of prepared for that to some extent. And then, or you look at countries like Venezuela, which you know, collapsed very, very fast, fast meaning like 10 or 12 years, through economic tyranny. But the fastest tyranny of all is medical tyranny. Because capturing people's fear is the strongest way to change people and, and, and get them to forget everything else. So our founding fathers did the best that they could. It's, it's everything that happened since 2020 was essentially illegal, right? That you can't assemble, that you can't worship. Yeah. It can't be stated any more strongly in our constitution that that was illegal. And yet, for medical tyranny, was able to erase that in months. Wow. Yeah. So that's what I mean when I say medical tyranny is the most... Um, effective, quickest, most stealth, because it uses fear. Yeah. People are not aware that it's tyranny. People are willingly giving up their rights. Religion, you would have put up a fight. Economic, you would have put up a fight. But to, to, out of fear, you gave it up. Wow. Or we did. 
Incredible. One, one quick question on that. Do you feel like with the doctors that you've talked to and doctors that you know that are practicing currently and over the last couple of years, are they just blind to the reality or are they just trying to keep their job or is it a mixture of both? Or It's such a good question. Uh, it, I want to share that it was, it was totally heartbreaking for me as a doctor in the beginning, it, utterly heartbreaking to observe that doctors no longer were thinking if they ever were. Yeah. You know, when this first came about, I'm an ER doctor. I was, sorry, I was a little bit excited by the whole thing. I'm like, okay, this is my lane. I know how to handle emergencies. Wow, bring it on. You know, like I had Ebola, you know, we had SARS. Like, I'm like, okay, I'm ready. And like, I was kind of stoked. I'm watching the coronavirus task force meetings. I'm getting ready. I'm like, oh, this is So I, you know, as a doctor, I sort of expected other doctors to like get into the game intellectually. Like, what do you think? And well, I think this, and I read the journal and it said that. And I, none of that. It was all Facebook, Twitter, CNN, and Fauci. Wow. Now, let me explain how weird that is. Wow. We, we never, ever, 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 as doctors, listened to like what the CDC said. Like, it just wasn't a thing. It wasn't a thing. It wasn't a thing. You listened to your own experience. You listened to the peers that you right, worked with, right. that you knew were smart. There were some journals you found that were great. And, your, and experience, really, you, we didn't listen to like the FDA. It was, this was bizarre. So it was bizarre to me to have doctors. So part of it was like everybody else, doctors were sheep following the herd was one part. Another part is tragically, most doctors are employees. So in my father's day, I'm not, yeah. I don't even think 5% of doctors were employees. At the start of the pandemic, I should say the lockdown, at the start of the lockdowns, Doctors were, uh, I think it was about 60, 65% employees, which I think is pretty tragic. Wow. But after the last two years, that number is now about 78%. So they managed to shut out doctors as their own small business owners. Revert back to rule number one, a person can't have two masters. If the person is working for a corporate entity, that's the, who they're listening to. So it's a combination. Yeah. So let me ask this then. So I think we would have hoped that doctors would have critical thinking, um, but you're sharing us with us that a majority did not um, and have not throughout this season. So I actually feel like there's a little bit of an epidemic of people not even knowing how to critically think anymore because we've just, you know, there's, we've raised a generation that just believed that the media was actually telling you the truth and you can trust government and you can trust the media, you can trust doctors. But now we're finding that's not really the case. So it may be a loaded question, but teach us how to critically think. Like, what would you tell us? Give yes. us advice on how we can start critically thinking for ourselves with our God-given abilities and brains. Yes. <laughs> okay. I, I want to encourage you. Every single person in this room really needs to go buy my book that I wrote a year and a half ago called I Do Not Consent, because this was the basis of the book. It's approximately page 80. It's a very short book pretty interesting, but around page 80, I literally teach people how to recognize propaganda in real time. Because one of the questions I didn't like was people said to me, but how would I know? I'm not a doctor. I'm not a lawyer. I'm like, you don't have to be. Here are some practical ways you can recognize propaganda in real time or critical thinking. One is do not immediately discount your own life experience in favor of an expert. Wow. That doesn't... Come on. You shouldn't be closed-minded. We always should be open-minded. 
But hear it, do not immediately discount it. If your mother, grandmother, great-grandmother, great-great-great-grandmother beforehand, before them for thousands of years, didn't think that a piece of paper over your mouth was gonna keep you healthy, maybe it doesn't keep you healthy. Because perhaps they would have discovered that. So don't immediately discount. Listen, but don't discount it. We We live in an era where everybody thinks everything has to be decided by experts. So that applies a lot for like the transgender issue. Like you should listen to some expert tell you what a woman is. No, no, you've got your own experience of what being a woman or man is. Okay? One. So rule number one, do not immediately discount your own life experience. You have to have enough self-esteem to say that I was put here by God and I've got my own brain. Rule number one. Rule number two, what were the facts prior to the controversy? This is a really easy one. Take masks. Take masks. How did they fool everybody with masks? Honestly, I don't know because there was 50 years of data on masks prior to this controversy. So don't look at what they're saying after the controversy because it's political and they have ulterior motives. What was the science on masks prior to 2020? Well, if you bother to look for five minutes at any study prior to 2020, obviously masks do not work for tiny respiratory viruses that are 0.1 micron in size. It was a well-known fact. It wasn't debatable. So, but your job is to take a step back and say, oh, that's what they're saying in 2020. Did anybody talk about this, you know, in, you know, 1990, right? So rule number two, what were the facts on the ground prior to the controversy? Another way to think critically, one of my other rules, there's about five of them, is when somebody says something to you that you don't actually know, right? Like you're, you're in Greece and they're, they're telling you something like in Greek and you have no idea, right? Like the president, or the, you have no idea. One trick you can do is you can engage people with 20 questions. This is not to be difficult. It's to see how deeply the person knows the content that they're telling you about. If somebody says to you, you know, husband and wife, and and the husband comes home, and the wife says, you know, where were you? And the husband's like, um, I was was out. And then the wife says... Uh Uh-oh. The wife says, where? And he's like, you know, um, you know, I went to that place down the street, right? Or if he says, you know, I went out with Bill, we were after work and it was 5.30, we wanted to get a drink. You know that bar that you and I used to go to like two years ago when we first started dating, that one over 92nd Street? Yeah, so it has the ring of truth. So keep asking question after question after question because you want to see if the person answering you back has answers to those questions, right? That's another little trick. So there's a lot of tricks that so I really, good. it's all written in my book, Tell How to Think the Critically. Book title again? It's called I Do Not Consent. And the reason I want you I to buy it consent. is because if the faithful don't learn these lessons and teach them, we really have no hope. Yeah. I, feel I do not like consent. The, I mean, there's a lot of different battles that we've, I think, had to be distracted with because we had to fight them. But what, what's the overarching battle? Like, to me, it feels like the battle over our freedom. Like, yes. tell us. Very much so. So this is not about shots or vaccines. I mean, we'll give you good advice. It's been on America's Frontline Doctors. I mean, it's probably been in a year and a half since all that data was on the website. And by the way, if you want to take the shot, um, you know, it's your right. Like, like, if it was good for you or bad for you, it's still your right. It's not right that we're being propagandized and misinformation, but it's your right. I wouldn't have had a career as an ER doctor if people always made the right choices, right? So it's your right. <laughs> Okay, 
so this was not, this, this last two years was not about the shots, was not about even, you know, taking down the doctor-patient relationship. It was about taking down the Constitution. Yeah. I mean, wow. you, you we're living in a society now that, like, my body, my choice means doesn't include not taking a shot in the arm, yeah. which is really exactly what my body, my choice exactly. is. So keep your eye on freedom. Don't engage with people on like the shot or not the shot. That's not the fight. The fight is the constitutional freedom. Brilliant. So I know we have a few minutes left, but I wanted to get to this. And if you could give us some insight on like, what is next? I mean, I know you're in circles that, uh, I mean, you're way smarter than me and probably a lot of us here, doctor and a lawyer. <laughs> But um, what, are, what are you hearing? Like, what's the next pandemic? What, what else is coming down the pipe? Are people still getting COVID? Like, what's the, what do we need to be aware of? Yeah, I don't, I mean, for a little while, like, we thought it was going to be monkeypox, right? Yeah. What I can tell you it will be, although I can't say the exact germ, it will be some proclamation by the WHO. And our government is trying desperately to give over our sovereignty to yeah. the WHO, other globalists. Our fight is not, and really it's a fight, is not believing the chatter, like not going to that fear place. Everyone has fear, but have faith, have faith. Don't go to fear, don't believe the chatter. And if you must get information, go to reliable sources. Just know that it's coming and it's going to come in the form of a public health emergency of that I'm sure, I'm sure of it because it came awfully close this time. Well, apparently California is still in a state of emergency, according to our wonderful... California, I don't know if you... You know, I, I have fled the communist nation of California. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, it's very difficult here, and, and you, you're not feeling it as, as difficult as it is, but when I tell you that doctors are not going to be able to talk to you openly, that should highly alarm you. My, father is, my father's a child of the Holocaust, and he told me... Um, he told me that one of the things that Nazis and fascists did was they would institute um, like a block manager, an apartment manager, like in a block manager. But what he said to me is they always picked very mediocre people. I said, and I was like 10 years old, I was like, what, why mediocre? He said, well, smart people you might be able to work with and stupid people you might be able to work around. He says, but mediocre people, like you can never get past them. Right? It's, it's, it's like kind of a hallmark of communist nations. So we're getting to a place for sure in California where you can't even move because there's like a a middleman, bureaucrat, mediocre level person from whom you need to get permission. So it's very, I'm very nervous for California. So this is definitely a spiritual battle and that's why we pray and we access our spiritual weapons and take authority over the principalities and powers. Our battle is not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. We have to activate our spiritual weapons that we have been given by God. Um, but also it's very much a natural, a natural battle. And so I, I don't know if I finished my question in the beginning, but I feel like it would be great to hear from you. So you obviously you feel this is your calling, just how we feel like this is our calling. And, and so you have chosen to be out front, taking the big hits as well as your amazing team for all of our freedom, all of our medical freedom. And we so appreciate that. Um, you know, so you know that's your calling to be at that level. But what would you say to all of us? Like we all have a calling as Christians and believers and the gospel and to pray and to fight. And, but is there just something even tangible? Like no one, none of us could have an excuse by not doing. Like we all could do something. What, what would that be? 
Pastor Becky is, of course, right. Everybody has a different path, but nobody has nothing to do. Everybody must do something. For one, believe in yourself, and that means use your voice. Don't allow yourselves to be silenced simply because somebody nasty over here believes something different. You don't have to be nasty, but you need to get your voice out there. We are definitely the silent majority, decent people that are just kind of biting our tongues. So one, believe in yourself and let your voice be heard. Two, build your community. Just as you've built the faith community of Awaken, which is just, it's just extraordinary, really. That is what I am bringing to you in the medical space. Gold Care is a community. I really urge you to join. It's yeah. not, I'm not saying this for self-serving mechanisms. Absolutely not. I'm saying right. it because it's something you can do. You will be empowered by joining. You will have your, an, an additional community of, of faithful people and doctors. It's something you can personally do. So speak up. Join communities that speak up. And I would say... Do a little activism on the local level. If you see a city council position, consider running. These yes. are pretty thankless jobs, but we're not doing them. And you're in an, you're in an area of California that's still, you know, still possible. You can't do this in, in deep blue L.A. Hold on to this area for yourselves. Beautiful. Yes, and amen. She's literally speaking our language. Yes. We are passionate about raising up people to run for school bars, for city council for mayors, for, I mean, but we do know that, it, that, that what we have now can easily be lost. We're, we're now trying to take back the territory that's been lost because the church hasn't taken their rightful place to fight because we've only fought spiritually. We never activated our faith that's by right. our works. But at, le- I, at least I can speak very confidently about our awakened church community that, that we are not woke, we are awake. And we are filling those positions and training people up to do those things. And so... I'm so proud of our church. I really, really am. Like you are the true tellers and you have been bold and many, many of you have been bullied at your workplaces, in your communities, by friend groups, by family, and you have refused to back down just like this beautiful, courageous woman has refused to back down. So I just want to say just in general, like thank you for your courage, all of you, and thank you for your courage. I just want to add two things because it's very much a call to action kind of church. Yes, please. Very much a call to action. So you you join goldcare.com and you find kind of that other community. The two ways they're oppressing, that depression enters your life is really through two areas in America. One is the healthcare system, because you're a little bit helpless and a little bit lost, and it's often a crisis kind of moment. So we help you avoid that, okay? But the other big way, even bigger, much bigger, is the school system. Now, I've got two sons. I went to public school, my sons went to public school. It's poison, it's poison, it's poison. You have to, you have to step away from the school system. I know that you all know this. However, you, you, you can't be afraid. We actually put, I feel so deeply about this, that we put resources on how to just kind of start that whole process on America's frontline doctors, because it's the same mission. They're trying to pull the wool over your eyes. When, when I said believe in yourself, don't automatically you know, eliminate your own beliefs for an expert, they're doing that to their children. They're telling you as parents, you don't know what to do, you don't know enough, you're not smart enough. It's, it's nonsense. It's nonsense. Take control of your children. It's a devastating day when you're sitting across the table from a leftist that not only hates you, but hates everything you believe in. Yep. Wow. If you don't want that fate, pull your children out of school. I, I want to amen that. 
I really do. And I know there's a thousand reasons why it's too difficult or too hard, but I, I want to encourage you all and really resource you. Like many of you know, we have Awaken Academies. We're our third year in, and things are, we have learned a few things over the last two years, and we are so excited to launch again this fall, um, even stronger than we've ever been. So we have that resource. You can just text Awaken Academy to 55525. It's not too late to get your children registered. You know, I've, I've sat across the table from a lot of moms, just brokenhearted, you know, um, just having sent their kids to school as, you know, kids' church kids and believing God and loving Jesus and all the things, you know, and then without too much attention over the next year or two are now confused about their gender and they, they, have, they now do not want to come to church and they actually are speaking hate towards God and all these things. And then it's really difficult to sit there and to know that they're still keeping them in that school system. And the, the things I tell moms is, and, and everyone in general, I, I say this a lot. I said, you cannot get healed in the same environment you got sick. And so we can't just keep believing and hoping that just we keep sending them back to these schools that made them sick in their thinking and in their heart and cursing God and assuming that staying there, somehow they're going to work it all out. We're literally handing them over to the devil. And so um, just we want, really want to encourage you all with that. And there's her website. I just think we all need to be all over it, like finding community groups that are fighting things and battling things, learning how to, you know, start pods and homeschools. Yeah. I just know um, that's my one real hope and encouragement, like the next generation. Like pulling our kids out of school two years ago was the best decision I think we ever made for our family. Like I look at our teenage boys who are 13 and 14, almost 14 and 15, and they're nothing like the other teenage boys that stayed in the school system. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to take, you know, the credit for great parenting. Like it's literally because we've taken them out of the toxic place that is making them sick. And we are actually raising patriots freedom fighters, people that understand the Constitution, that will not back down, that have the courage and the bravery to not be bullied into silence. So I, I just want to encourage you parents, you can do it. If you have a brain, if you have the Holy Spirit, and you have the truth, you are absolutely winning at every single level, and God will equip you and enable you to do the thing that you thought was impossible to do. So, say something nice, babe. You're amazing. <laughs> oh, thanks. Um, well, we do have to come to a close. We definitely want to pray for Dr. Yes. Gold before, before we leave. Um, any, any parting thoughts for... <laughs> I'm, I know there's like a hundred, but if I could, if I could, one last thing. I know we're pressuring you a lot with things like this, but... <laughs> I did see some really great wins on your website. Yeah. I was looking at some really great help. decisions happening, yeah, like no. in L.A. school system and things. Yeah, no, first of all, I just, I really want people to be positive. Like, the future's yeah. in our hands. Yeah. The future's in our hands. Yeah. And, and, and the, you know, honestly, the other side is paper tigers. Like, you push them, they're going to collapse. Like, that is the truth. I'm just asking you to start pushing a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> like that. <laughs> like that. And... And I'll ask for one prayer, yes. and that is that time should pass quickly. Yes. We're not in prison. <laughs> oh, we are. We're all. Yeah, we're, let's, you guys, I wanna, we want to do two things. We want to, well, you know, and I said, I mean, I know this is a big thing coming against big pharma and, and federal government, but you know what? Let's, let's still believe. The Bible does say all things are possible with God. Amen. And I know they said this is happening for sure, but why not believe? 
Why not believe for some miracle and some breakthrough for beautiful Dr. Gold? Um, so let's all, we're going to just all stand and, and let's, let's pray over Dr. Gold. And I, what we want to do at the end of the night is just... Um, Open up our altar call and invite our ministry team forward. I really want um, anyone who's been bullied or needs courage or maybe needs to come against that spirit of fear to come forward at the end of the service. And let's really break all of those things off. So let's everyone just really press in right now for a beautiful Dr. Goldsby prayer. I don't want to be praying alone. We want you to join us in, in prayer. So God, we thank you right now for this beautiful Esther of this generation. God, we thank you right now that you have called her for such a time as this, Father God. You have equipped her, God. You have you have imparted to her such courage and strength and an unwaverable, God, just uh, fortitude to just press forward, God. I thank you for her voice of truth. I thank you for her ability to fight for our freedom and to take shots so we don't have to take these shots, Father. I pray, Lord Jesus, that she is, as she is stepping forward, God, that your hedge of protection would be around her, Father God. We declare right now that no weapon formed against her would prosper in the mighty name of Jesus. And God, as the enemy has come in like a flood, God, you are raising up a standard against that enemy to take him down. God, I pray right now against any plans or schemes of the devil to interfere with her life, with her peace, with her protection. We bind those devils in Jesus' name, and we say you back off this woman of God who is covered by the blood of Jesus. We thank you right now, Father God, that no harm will come to her, Father God. There will be peace to her mind every single day. The supernatural peace, God, that you have promised us, God, when we pray, God, that supernatural peace that surpasses all understanding, God will wash over her every single hour of every single day. God, and we know, Father, they have said this is going to happen. It's going to happen in the natural, God. But we know we serve a supernatural God. So right now, with the full weight and the power and the blood of the cross, we come against that sentence in Jesus' name. And we push it back and we rebuke it and we put it under our feet. Anything that has a name, it's put under our feet in the name of Jesus is over this sentence. So God, we bind that sentence in Jesus' name. And we command it, demonic spirit behind it, to fall to the ground in the mighty name of Jesus. God, we thank you, God, that she will have a clear road ahead, Father God. That you will empower her, strengthen her with people, with team, with finances, with partners, with a hedge of protection, with supernatural warring angels guarding her on every side, God, as she goes and she continues to fight this battle. So God, continue to elevate her voice, elevate her mission, God, that she would feel supported by a mighty, massive army of believers that will not back down and will stand by her side as she fights this battle with us and for us. So God, we thank you right now that the future is positive, that the future is bright. And I thank you right now that every single night she lays her head down at her pillow, Father, that her sleep would be sweet, just as your word says, that her sleep would be sweet. I bind every demonic spirit that wanna taunt her when she is in an unconscious state. We rebuke you right now, and we command you to back away. We declare her mind is covered by the blood of Jesus. Holy Spirit, go before her. Strengthen her with the supernatural strength that only you can provide. God, we thank you for her life. We thank you for this mission. We thank you for America. We thank you for patriots. We thank you for freedom. We thank you, Father God, that we are honored to be a part of this mission of saving the great United States of America. So we thank you, Father God, for who you are, that you have entrusted us all in this time. 
God, you can count on us to be the answer to the to problems that this nation is facing. So Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you for this beautiful woman of God. We cover her in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Amen. Wow, what an amazing word. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Hey, listen. For more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.